Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. First scripture is from Haggai chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, to Zerubbabel, <clears throat> son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild, rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. <coughs> Excuse me. It is time for yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house remains in a ruin. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never warm. You earn wages, only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. The second reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. One story, very well known. Second story, maybe not so much. I encourage you to, uh, to have your bulletins. Uh, have your bulletins handy. Uh, inside your bulletins, you're going to find uh, scripture passages and questions to reflect on throughout the week, but you will also find space to take notes. And I encourage you to do that this morning. In fact, there's going to be a spot during the middle of the message where I will ask you a question, and maybe you just one to think about, but maybe it's something that you might want to write down. And so I encourage you to to have that handy when that time comes. So, will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and almighty God, God, I thank you for calling us together to hear your word. 
to hear your message for your people. And so, God, I ask that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words for your people. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So what, have you, what do you think of when you hear promises, promises? I mean, do you think of the, uh, the pinky promises that you make with your kids or your grandkids? Do you think of the promises you made as you married your spouse? Maybe you think of the promises that were made to you by someone that you loved. I wonder if you might be thinking about promises that were initially made, but, but then were broken, whether through intention, lack of effort, or just plain dishonesty. Or maybe like me, you might hear that song by the group Naked Eyes from the 1980s, which begins this way, never had a doubt in the beginning, trusted you true in the beginning. I loved you right through, arm in arm, we laughed like kids at all the silly things we did. You made me promises, promises, knowing I'd believe. Now, while this song really speaks about broken promises, I want to talk to you today about God's promises. God's promises for you and for me and for Journey of Hope. Charles Spurgeon once wrote, I have thumbed my Bible many a year. I have never yet thumbed a broken promise. The promises have all been kept to me. Not one good thing has failed. Promises, promises. Knowing I believe. Promises that when given by humankind seem to fall short. However, the promises made by God never do. We hear this over and over again throughout Scripture, especially with the words that God's steadfast love endures forever. A promise, is a promise made to us and repeated throughout our lives. God offers many promises to his people. One person actually set out to count all of the promises that were found in Scripture. And you might find it interesting to know that he found approximately 8,810 promises. Verses, actually, that referred to promises. Now, some of these promises were ones that were made by God, while others were in reference to, to some made between people, even those that were made by Satan. However, let me tell you that 7,487 of those promises found in Scripture were made from God to us. You can even actually look at Psalm 37, which almost read like one promise after another, after another. But what I want to talk about today is God's promise to us. God's promise to each of you and God's promise to journey of hope. Let me remind you of a favorite passage from Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And since we've, we've heard from the prophet Haggai this morning, hear this promise that Haggai shares in his second chapter, verses 7 through 9. 
I will shake the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. A promise that we need to hear. We'll get back to that in a minute. In our scripture reading this morning, we hear Haggai giving the message to God's people that that now is the time to build the temple. Now let me remind you that this is after the Israelites have returned from exile following the destruction of the temple when the Babylonians took over. They had been away from their home for over 50 years. The Persians conquered Babylon in 539 B.C., allowing the Jews to return in 538. And they were so excited that they got to work on rebuilding the temple, laying the foundation by 536. Then, nothing. Nothing. Until this message from Haggai almost 15 years later. Why? Why nothing? I mean, we assume that most of it was due to the fact that they, that they wanted to build their own homes. We heard that in the message this morning. Especially because we hear that in the prophecy. That they wanted to build their own paneled homes and not the temple. They wanted to make sure that they had a place to live, to raise a family, to grow old together. I mean, maybe other things got in the way. Hobbies, careers, raising families, vacationing, resting, or, or even illness. Either way, something got in the way of building the temple for the Lord, and that's why God is using Haggai to speak to the people once again. God is reminding them of the many promises that he had made, the covenant that God established, promising this prosperous life to God's people. Now, side note, this is not the prosperity gospel. This is God's promise for his people and for the church. Fifteen years later, God speaks the promises once again, and the people react by building the temple trusting in the promises that God had made. But what was it during those 15 years? What got in the way of those promises? For 20 years, I ran away from God's promises. Well, maybe not all of them, but certainly from the promise and call into ministry. You see, I'm sure that if I had heard the call fully when I was much younger, I would have run further away fearful of what that actually meant. I was sure that at that age, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Couple that with feelings of wanting to do my own thing, being too busy with normal life things, raising a family, excelling in my career, making a name for myself wherever I could, and just trying to live my life void of outside influences. I had put up some pretty severe obstacles to God's promises in my life, mainly because I wanted it to be my life. 
not God's gift of life to me. I wonder if you can I wonder if you can recollect a time when you were that same way. That you wanted it to be your life. It wasn't God's life that, that God gave to you. Well, this reminds me of a well-known person in the Bible, Moses. He was called to lead the people out of Egypt and certainly face some opposition to his leadership throughout the long days wandering through the desert. Maps, GPS, pulling the whole caravan over to ask for directions just didn't seem like it was on Moses' radar. And to top it off, we have a few times when the Israelites wanted to go against what God was doing for them. You remember the time when they told Moses that it would be better for them to go back into bondage? They actually thought it would be better to return to Egypt under Pharaoh's thumb, endure the beatings, harsh conditions, and constant fear for their lives. Well, at least they would have food, scarce as it may be. How were they feeling about God's promise of this new land at that time? Where, where's the milk and honey, God? We don't see the lush fields and the flowing rivers. Maybe God had them turn right at Albuquerque. Well, sure, they, they got back on board. They followed Moses on, but, but there is another instance that I want to bring to your attention. Back in Numbers 32, find, 32 verse 5, we find this. If we have found favor in your eyes, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Who spoke these words? It was the, the Reubenites and the Gadites as they were asking Moses if they could stay right where they were. They felt like that space was well-suited for livestock and they wanted to stay there, not moving into the promised land that God was providing. In their own way, they were doubting God's promise. This is what they had been longing for. They left all they knew to follow this man Moses into the desert as they dreamed of this land that was better than they had ever seen. And now, just days or weeks from crossing the Jordan into the promised land, they wanted to stop. They stopped believing in the promises of God and just wanted to get comfortable. This is a good spot. Can't we just stay? In the ensuing conversation between Moses and the leaders of these two tribes, we can hear the frustration and anger building in Moses as he eventually strikes a deal with them. If, and only if, they will fight with the rest of the Israelites so that they may achieve the land that God is providing, then they can return back across the Jordan, the land opposite of God's promised land. You may be asking yourself this question, why in the world would they want to do that? Why not just finish the journey Maybe that's a question that we should consider. Olu Brown, uh, an author, shared some thoughts about promises. He discussed what he called a promise process. 
In this process, he recalls Moses' encounter with these two tribes as they feel the need to stay put right where they are. In a way, they became stuck in their lives, stuck in their ways, not wanting to move forward. Let's assume that they've reached the altar of their personal promise, not necessarily God's promise. What was God's promise for them? Certainly for them to live in the land flowing with milk and honey, a paradise. This is their promised land. However, they've stopped and they're no longer moving forward. I wondered if that might be like a couple of churches I once knew, if only a year or so ago. What was God's promise for them? Do they feel like they were stuck? So let me ask you a question. One that I, that I really want you to reflect on this morning. Maybe even to write this down. What do you truly feel is the promise, of, the, the promise of God that is being offered to you today? What is a promise that God is offering you today? And a second one is what is the promise of God for Journey of Hope? Where is God calling Journey of Hope to go, to do, or to be? What is God asking of you right now? What is God asking of Journey of Hope? So what is the promise? What, is, what about for yourself? What is the promise God is speaking to your heart right now? And so I just want you to listen for just a moment. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to just kind of think about those promises. Now maybe you have a promise or two that is on your heart. Let's look at the process with that promise in mind. The first step, possess your promise. By possessing your promise, I mean truly believing in it. Trust that God has a better plan for your life than you could ever imagine. It may seem a little out there, I mean, think of the Israelites. They're living in Egypt and get word that God is going to lead them from captivity into freedom. They will travel to this place that is flowing with life. How can it be? And what is this life that they are hearing in this promise? All some of them have known has been slavery, backbreaking work, and just enough food to get by. Maybe they can't even dream about how good it could be. But yet, Moses hears the promise. And Moses possesses the promise. He knows that God will do immeasurably more than they could ever dream of. So he possesses that promise. How do you need to possess your promise today? What does this mean to you? I mean, in order to possess your promise, you need to fully trust that God will provide, that God knows what is best and that he will guide you along your journey. Do you trust God's promise? 
Do you trust his promise for you today? Second, proclaim your promise. Moses proclaimed his promise by standing before Pharaoh and telling him to let his people go. He proclaimed his promise so much that he put his own life on the line. Stepping away from the authority he had as a member of the royal family and becoming what he was destined to be, an Israelite. He proclaimed this promise to the rest of his people and then led them away from Egypt. I mean, that's got to take some guts to step away from everything you know into the unknown and fully rely on God's promise. What do you need to do in order to proclaim your promise today? Who needs to hear about that promise? Who do you need to tell about your promise? Third, follow the path to your promise. If you think the path toward your promise seems a little difficult, think about the 40 years in the desert wandering about searching for this so-called promised land. Moses listened to his people get worried, anxious, fearful, angry, and then abstinent as they challenged him time and time again about the promise that God had made to them. Think about all those family trips that you've taken in your lifetime. You remember the phrase most often spoken? Are we there yet? Forty years of are we there yet? That would make anyone crumble. Still, Moses followed the path. Moses followed the pillar of fire and the cloud as God guided them along on their journey. Where is God guiding you on your promise today? And finally, persevere toward your promise. Moses ran into obstacles on his way to the promised land. In fact, uh, he was even told by God that he would not see the promised land. How's that for a pep talk? <laughs> How's that conversation go? Sorry, Moses. I know you've been taking these people on an incredible journey, but, but you're not going to make it the rest of the way. This would have made any number of us give up. Stop the journey right then. Call it quits. Say, all right, if I'm not going, nobody else is going. But Moses persevered. He got them to the banks of the Jordan and prepped them for crossing over into that place that God provided. Where do you need to persevere along your journey? in order to receive God's promise? Where do we as Journey of Hope need to persevere along our journey? And what obstacles are in our way? Maybe we find ourselves in the middle of an obstacle and we're thinking about giving up. Remember this, your promise is greater than your current situation. The promise that you're thinking of, the promise that you wrote down, that promise that God has given to you is greater than your current situation. Against all that you see, perhaps things that are unseen, God's promise will always come through. 
God's promise will always come through. All you have to do is trust in God's plan. Remember that his plans for us is to prosper us, not to harm us, and to give us a future and a hope. That is a wonderful promise. Can you possess, proclaim, follow the path to it, and persevere on the path to God's promise for you today? For God's promise, a journey of hope? What is God's promise for journey of hope? Where is God leading us? Maybe even through the desert at times. How can we live into the promise that God is giving to us? Do you have that promise for journey of hope? Let me end with this. A few years ago, I'm, I'm not sure if any of us thought we would be in the position that we're currently in. We can see the revitalization happening within this church family. Journey of Hope is a space of belonging, a place that, that we are all welcomed, and that we are all celebrated. Journey of Hope is a place where lives are being transformed, we, where we are changing and becoming more devoted Christ followers. And Journey of Hope is a place where we are challenged to share our faith, to share the love of God with those around us. This has been our vision since we've become one church, formerly two. This was the promise of God to both Wesley UMC and Epworth UMC, but it doesn't stop there. God has some big plans and big promises for us. Our job now is to discern what those are and how we can truly live into them. Can you see it? Can you sense that God is calling us to something even greater than what we see right now? Yesterday during our Northern Illinois Conference, uh, Northern Illinois Annual Conference, Journey of Hope I'm going to get the video for this so that everybody can see this because I'm not sure if anyone uh, was on the, uh, the annual conference live stream. Uh, but we'll get this so that it's on our website and on our Facebook so that we can show you. Journey of Hope was highlighted during one of these segments. This special time focused on our journey becoming one church. And when it was finished, our interim bishop, Bishop John Hopkins, began to give his remarks about the annual conference about the state of the annual conference. During these comments, he shared something off script that absolutely blew me away. He said that the best thing that they have celebrated during the conference was our story. Our story. God's story of these two churches merging to form Journey of Hope. Now, I have already received comments from other members of the annual conference expressing their joy and hope that was found in our story. God is showing us this promise that he has for us is just the beginning. There is so much more in store for Journey of Hope. Like Haggai proclaimed, God wants us to build this church up and we must trust that God will make it even better than it ever was before. We will reach new people with the love and the grace of God. It's time. 
God is with us. Are you ready? Will you pray with me? God, you have called us. God, you have laid it out on the line for us. You have given us visions. You have given us promises that people are sharing with each other. All of those comments that are coming through on the live stream, God, those promises are beautiful to see. And now for all of us here in the sanctuary, I, I ask that you would allow us to proclaim our promises. Proclaim our promises right after, right after this service as we gather for fellowship that we can hear promises of our friends, promises from our family members, and the promises that you are laying on our hearts for this church, your church, God. And so God, be a part of this. Flow in and through us as we share and as we grow and as we, as we take that step of faith into the journey of our promise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing song this morning is, uh, is very fitting. <laughs> uh, it's why I would ask that you stand as you are able and join us in singing verses one through four uh, of This is a Day of New Beginnings. A day of new beginnings. That is what we've been gifted, as well as promises. Uh, and I want to remind you uh, that Lisa shared a song further uh, earlier in the, in the service. Uh, and so when we come into obstacles or, or things that get in the way of those promises, be not afraid. Be not afraid. I go before you always. That is another promise and one that we can tack on to each and every promise that, that we've come up with this morning is that when those times get rough, that we don't have to be afraid because God is already going before us and he's making a way through those promises. So take your promises, share them across the hall in a fellowship time, share them with each other. Share them with, with each other the vision of journey of hope that you see. Share the love and grace of God, especially over coffee and donuts and all kinds of other treats. So I encourage you to go next door for that and share, but also go knowing that, that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.